Welcome to The Deciders. This is Renee Frazier, founder and CEO of Frazier Communications. We're the leading woman-owned and woman-led advertising and communications firm in Southern California. Our show, The Deciders, features leaders, change agents, entrepreneurs, people who can inspire us. Their insights and their stories help us to have a better impact on our community and also grow our business. On The Deciders, I often explore how to help women advance. And I like talking with women who've really made a difference in the marketplace, not just with their company and their products, with the work that they do. And women entrepreneurs, as many of you know, are my favorites. They're ones I like to fund and I get involved with. Today, we've got a great one. My guest today is a woman who took a giant leap into the ice cream business. Welcome to The Deciders, Natasha Case, CEO of Cool House Ice Cream. Natasha, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. We're delighted you're here. And, and Natasha, I understand there's a story behind how you began the company very humbly in 2009, and it was with your partner, Freya Estrella. Can you tell us the story? Yeah, of course. So I have an unusual path to becoming an ice cream lady, which is that um, I started in architecture. Um, I'm a formally trained architect, but I struggled with, it, it felt like um, intimidating and sort of like we were operating in a bubble and I wanted to make architecture as I would anything that I think cool, fun and inclusive um, and share it with the world. And I was searching for a way to do that. And I found food, um, a kind of accident, actually, a professor of mine said this model I made looked like cake. And then I baked the next iteration of the model as a cake. And I fell in love with this idea of merging my two passions of food and design and continue to explore that um, all through graduate school and into my first real job, as I like to say, at Disney Imagineering, um, which I started right before the recession set in, um, you know, 2008, 2009. And um, it was tough times, you know, at the office around then. And so as part of this food, food meets design concept, I was then calling architecture, food plus architecture. I started making ice cream sandwiches from scratch and uh, in unique flavors and naming them after architects um, and giving them out to colleagues who had a rough day. Like, I'm sorry to hear and heard you're stressed out. Here's a oh. Frank Ferry. Here's a Mies Vanilla Row. <laughs> um, and it was, uh, you know, it was, it was really more of a passionate hobby. And then I met Freya, as you said, my, um, my partner and always now, we're married now. Um, and we started dating and started talking about kind of this idea as a business. And um, what we saw was not only a great opportunity to make better ice cream, uh, particularly novelties, which is anything besides a pint um, at the time, but to make a brand that felt more authentic to us. You know, um, the brands on shelf, we didn't feel represented by them as women, as millennials, uh, Freya as a woman of color, um, as, as queer women. And we just thought, let's make the brand we want to buy. And so we thought, okay, well, it's a big idea. Uh, we're 25. It's a recession. We're not wow. into a bank and getting a loan. Um, so we thought, you know, what something we can do is reinvent the ice cream truck for our generation. Uh, so we bought a beat up postal van with no engine for twenty five hundred dollars. Oh my gosh! Ice cream truck. Yeah, <laughs> and um, we thought, let's go big or go home. So we basically begged Coachella Music Festival to let us sell there. Coachella, hundred thousand people in the desert. You know. Yeah. And, and ice cream, something cold, lovely, delicious. Yeah. Something cold Smart. and people in altered states to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we, um, uh, you know, we, we, they let us 
into the festival, but how do you get a truck with no engine to the desert? Well, we um, figured out that if we joined AAA Platinum, we got one free 200 mile tow. So we pretended the truck broke down the morning of Coachella, even though it never drove. And it goes <laughs> to the desert and um, a legend was born. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. What a great story. And you're right. Go big or go home. Right. And be yeah. bold. Yeah. I just, I just did an entrepreneur, an interview with um, middle school and high school students who still, you know, were learning how to be entrepreneurs. And that was one of the key messages. You've just got to attack the problem. You see it and, and be bold. What an adventure. I mean, I think that's great. And, and now, as I understand it, you're the top woman-led ice cream company in the United States, right? That's right. Um, it's still shockingly, you know, unusual. And I'm very proud to be in that position. But of course, I want to see more, you know, women of all backgrounds um, succeed, whether it's in my industry or in food or just in others. Um, but it is, um, it, I think it is, um, you know, meaningful. And it's, it's important to make sure that people know that about our brand and that they know what they're supporting. Um, same as, you know, um, uh, being, you know, queer owned um, and queer led. That's the same, um, you know, unusual and, and, and we're the biggest of that in the country too. So I think sharing the story and letting people know you're supporting something different. And, and by doing that, you're helping to enable the next generation of diverse entrepreneurs to do the same. Right. You're also, um, making it open, right? Talking about it and letting people understand how great things can come from all kinds of places. Now, I know in your case, one of the reasons your ice cream is so unique are the flavors, right? The adventurous flavors. I saw carrot currency cake on the website. Tell us about that and, and how you came up with that idea. So I'm, I'm so glad you called that one out. That one is particularly amazing and close to my heart, but um, basically, um, we, we believe that not only, you know, there's leading by example um, in terms of, you know, being something um, uh, that, or, you know, being a leader and showing people, like you said, that something's possible. But then there's also, how can we use our product and our brand as a platform for positive change? So um, we I actually came to know Shelly, who's the CEO of Black Girl Ventures, um, quite well. She's a dear friend. They're an amazing organization. They um, help capitalize black and brown female founders, female identifying founders. Um, and um, it, they, it's like a whole kind of incubator. They have these live pitch competitions where you get funding live. They have mentorship, they have webinars, they have an amazing alumni network. They have incredible partners, uh, brand partners and other investors. And basically we created this flavor with them collaboratively. Um, Currency Cake, they came up with a name, wanted to make it like a very business friendly name. And um, it's a delicious carrot cake batter ice cream with a cream cheese swirl and candied pecans. And uh, proceeds of profits go to a marketing grant, which Shelly identified as one of the hardest things for women founded business to really allocate dollars for um, to, the, to them. And, you know, we're hoping to raise $40,000 by the end of the year from the flavor uh, for that grant. So it can be, you know, quite substantial. And, and like when I was starting my business, that would have been huge for me. So we want it to be also something meaningful um, and yeah, we love creating flavors for good like that. I love that idea of, you know, and I think people enjoy that, right? They like knowing the money is going for something really valuable and, and great. Did you know, did you said 40,000, is that how much you've raised so far as a result of the sales? goal for the end of the year. Yeah, that's wonderful. I think it's great. Now, I think you also make cookies and cream ice cream cones, right? Yeah. Which are, you know, cookies and cream has got to be everybody's 
one of the top favorites, right? And ice cream cones are unusual <laughs> to end with cookies and cream. I think that's wonderful. Um, let me let me ask you about the ingredient story because I know that's another differentiator. Tell us about your belief about clean and the ingredients themselves. Yes, and I also want to point out you're right that the cones are unusual, and that's the only premium cone in the whole domestic market is our cones. The other ones are not high quality or are dietary fat based, so it is a very unusual and it's unusual to do it in unique flavors. I just wanted to acknowledge that. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, for me, it's like um, what I like about having created a brand that I feel I'm essentially the target customer for is what would I want to see in, in a, in an ice cream brand? I mean, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's not decadent and indulgent, but when I'm doing that, I want to eat it with the best possible ingredients. So, you know, the sourcing and um, you know, whether that's, um, you know, uh, non-GM, organic, um, or just a very kind of like artisan quality, um, and, and knowing the people behind what we buy, having a personal relationship. Um, I think it's just, it's a, it's a very high bar. And I think to me, that's just a baseline. And then you, you get creative from there as far as like flavors and innovation, all that. Um, it's the, the easiest way is to sort of stay on, on track with like a whole foods, like that's our number one customer. So anything that's their standard is our standard. And they also have the right. same standard. Right. So it's all sort of like that. It's a very, it's business friendly in my opinion to, to, you know, yeah. to make that choice. It's smart to make that choice. And obviously right for the target audience that you're talking about, it does differentiate you, but it also takes a lot of work to find those partners to verify, you know, the quality of what they're doing. Who on the team does that? Do you do all this yourself or do you have other people who help? I, so I definitely lead the vision as far as here's what we want the brand to stand for. But I have um, people on the team, like my commercialization manager, Tom, who's amazing and really um, checks and, and bets and, and really puts those protocols, you know, into writing. And then I have other folks on the team who handle the actual sourcing of those ingredients. Great. Right. I want people to understand it. You know, often you have to make hires in order to make enough money. You have to have other people. And I'm sure like me, you, you believe in hiring really smart people around you, right? You don't have to be the smartest person in the room. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you. You want to be kind of know what your special sauces that you're bringing and you're not going to be able to do all things well. You want experts around you who, you know, inspire you and lead you to um, kind of be the best version of yourself through what they bring to the table. And I think a lot of women put a lot of pressure on themselves too, in particular to, to be that one woman show that it's, you know, asking for help is somehow bad or a reflection on, you know, you having failed and it's really exactly the opposite. Exactly. I mean, nowadays too, I think asking for help is um, a sign of how smart you are. I mean, knowing that you need help. I have to say when I did this uh, 25 years ago, it was perceived as girly to ask for help, right? It was like, okay, sure, little one, yeah. let me help you. Uh, you know, because also the people I was asking the help from were typically white men, but the landscape has changed a lot. Have you felt any bias in your life, either being a queer or being a woman, any of that at all? Has it had a negative impact on you? I think being a woman, definitely, I think um, there's, all the, I think you become more aware of it even as you work longer, but all the kind of um, assumptions I think people make. Um, so these are maybe like the, a couple of smaller examples before I, I like kind of say the bigger example, but like 
for, you know, if I'm like in an Uber and, you know, someone asks me, oh, what do you do? And I'm very clear, you know, I'm the, the CEO, I'm the leader, I'm the owner of an ice cream company. Oh, do you, you, you know, do you do like the, the marketing there? Not that there's anything wrong with marketing at all, but they won't accept. This is not what they want to see, you know, or are or, or planning to see for a CEO. Yes. Um, and another thing I found with being a mom and being, uh, and I think this is particular to women, um, and CEO is like, uh, again, when I'm traveling, you know, people see a picture of my kids on my phone. Oh, you have kids. That's great. Oh, who's with them though? It's like, are you asking a man that when they're on a plane? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, right. Oh, I forgot. I just left them. You're right. Like, thank you for <laughs> reminding me, you know, it's just, um, and then I do think the biggest thing really around fundraising, um, I, I have, I think had good success. I've raised $25 million for cool house over the years. And, um, I mean, you know, Maybe I could have raised more or maybe I could have got a better valuation. That's a lot. That's a lot. Take credit. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. But it is hard. You walk into a room and most of the investors are men. Exactly. Right? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. And, uh, and you just got to, and, and they see you as a, I don't know, you don't look like you're very tall, but you know what I mean? You're a woman and, and in my case, I'm petite. That's another, it just seems like they feel like you're their daughter, you know, or right. could be. Right. So gotta, how do you handle it? I just try to power through it. I just absolutely. And I think, um, you know, uh, I'm pretty confident and I think you just, you kind of have to just, you know, be in the moment and be fearless about it and know and believe and be passionate about what you're doing and not assume that they do. Um, and know that the value is really, I think when you're raising money, the easiest thing to do is write a check. The hardest thing is to bring something incredible for people to invest in that, that to me takes a lot more. Right. And, um, I think you've just got to really lean into that. And I was going to say, I, sometimes I wondered if, if being a, like a lesbian entrepreneur has almost made certain things easier for me. Maybe there's a relationship. Maybe there's a non-threatening factor for men. There's maybe you take the, the, the fear out of, you know, oh, is something going to be perceived as a flirtation? Oh. Or, oh, I don't know. There's, there's something that I've actually found that actually to be easier, if anything. Um, and, uh, and I think also maybe a different relationship with risk or with um rejection or you know interesting yeah i think i think that part is actually helpful um and i don't know for me also in my household we've got two moms so i think the more moms the merrier so that also helps me absolutely (laughs) yeah so well um, i I should ask the question how many kids do you guys have we have two kids oh wonderful how old are they Four and one. Actually, I just got, uh, I know this is only uh, audio, but I just went to get my daughter's passport photos. You can see oh, yeah. how adorable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she's, oh my uh, gosh, that's great. So it takes, I take it you're traveling. Oh, let's yeah. see. That's my oh. baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Adorable. So oh. Sorry, cute kids. Yeah. Um, it's okay. We have CEOs can still love our kids and want to share pictures. I love it. That's yeah. great. Really great. Well, you know, it's interesting to hear you talk about fundraising because that's another part. You've just got to, you know, you've got to be able to scale. You're in Whole Foods now and where else? Tell us about uh, Whole, Whole Foods um, is our number one, as I've said. Uh, we actually just launched the cones in Walmart. Um, they're doing great there. That's national. Um, you know, uh, Amazon Fresh, Bristol Farms, Gelson's, um, Ralph's here locally, Erewhon. Um, and you know, so are we most saturated in the Northeast and in California? Um, yeah. uh, trying to think what would be the other, and, you know, you know, where else is, is big as all these like delivery apps like GoPuff 
fast AF, a lot of these like kind of, you know, last minute delivery services, those have been big for us too. Um, great, great. And I, you could get a premium for those, I'm sure. Yeah. Right? And you're premium priced, I take it, right? With the ingredients and the differentiation. Yeah, absolutely. We are, but I think also are the most like affordable of our kind of premium competitors. That's uh, smart. Very smart. Yeah. May I ask who is the top competitor? I mean, I think it's, it's, it's so interesting because it depends on how you're trying to slice it. I would say if you're looking at premium brands of a, of a similar size, you probably get like a Jenny's or a McConnell's. Yes. Um, Graders is a little bigger, um, but they're really all pints. So none of them do novelties. So then I look at who's our competition in novelties, um, you know, uh, and you could have um, uh, Julie's like ice cream sandwiches, for example. Um, but they're not as premium or Jolly Llama, which is like, right. But they're more basic. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have competition there. And then in dairy free, I would say like coconut bliss. Mm-hmm. Um, our, I think our quality and our, the way it feels and tastes and experiences so much more like ice cream is really night and day from like a coconut bliss. So we're basically well, competitors, you know? Yeah. I, I totally get it. And of course, I think a lot of people know about Jenny's from Ohio and yeah. uh, McConnell's from Santa Barbara, right? Well known as a brand. You know, great yeah. yeah. One of the ways you differentiate is typically with your, your in-store experiences. Now with COVID, we've had some uh, constraints on that, but your flagship store is in Culver City and you've done some interesting things there. Can you talk a little bit about how you use the store to make a statement about the brand? Yeah, the store, first of all, we have a mural that says women and LGBTQ owned um, out in front, LGBTQIA owned out in front. Um, and it, it's very colorful and bright. And it, 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 the point is to just kind of, again, really lead with the inclusivity. Um, and then the shop is really special. It's really kind of a community space and a space for um, to, to just, you know, people to be able to get the true cool house experience because a, a grocery store is obviously about many brands, you know, and the truck does the same thing, but not everyone can book the truck. Um, so the shop is really special in that way. And then behind it, we have an innovation lab where we come up with new flavors and, um, you know, create custom flavors for clients or brand activations and partnerships. So, um, and then our headquarters is next door. So it's a really a special whole experience. When you talk about uh, brand activations, can you do special things for that? I mean, particularly when you think about the holidays coming, yeah. large companies, are you doing any special things around the holidays where yeah. partnerships? Yeah, uh, we have, let's see. Um, we're working on a couple of different things. Oh, for Filipino American history month, um, we have a flavor we're calling it, um, uh, it, Tyrannosaurus almond butter because Tyrannosaurus <laughs> is an amazing Filipino dessert. <laughs> um, and, um, uh, I partnered with, um, Val from spread the love nut butter. She's an amazing entrepreneur. If you uh, ever want to talk to her and it's their almond butter in the base. And, you know, my wife, Freya, is Filipino, so Filipino um, co-founded businesses. And this flavor is going to go with other Filipino-run restaurants around the city. um, And we're going to have it at the shops. We're going to have a party to celebrate it. Um, So that's something, for example, that's really special. And then I'm also talking to a really cool organization called um, Junior High. They support queer artists. And um, we're talking about doing a special flavor for the end of the year with them. So I think it's we're very into the story-driven ones. I also partnered with my friend, Mark Rose, who, and we made a jelly donut ice cream for Hanukkah last year from mm. his restaurant, Genghis Cohen. Um, so lots of different collabs um, in the works. 
I love that idea. Collaborations. It sounds like they are um, connected to your passions, usually, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, just to make an example, you're not necessarily doing a Walmart uh, flavor, you know. Uh, right. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. I love that idea that you're saying connected to things and, and, and they get you wonderful buzz, right? Yeah. Uh, how about influencers? Have you been using a lot of influencers to help you with the marketing? We only really organically. You know, we haven't really paid anyone to kind of promote the brand in that way really hardly at all over the years. Sometimes we'll maybe do a trade, you know, if they want to try new product and they're huge fans. Sure. But um, we haven't as much on that route. Um, I see social media more. We do more partnerships and more storytelling about the brand. Yes. Really on organic. We really don't do any paid social media right now because we're not e-com. So it just, it, it's, and, and now it's the whole iOS thing is sort of shaking everything up anyway. Right. Um, right so right. We're, we're sort of a little, we're sort of not in that game, but we're really focused on more yet partnerships and activations. Make and sure. Activities. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. The only thing I was thinking is organically, I think people love your product. Yeah. And, uh, fun to do. Uh, do, you, right. do you notice anything about children? I know you've got, um, uh, what's the one that's uh, cookies, uh, uh, dough, right? Uh, cookie dough. I oh, see. yeah. Right. Which, oh. of course, I like, and I know a lot of kids like. I have a friend who created a cookie dough product that sold in the stores you're talking about in the oh. cold section as a snack, and it's acceptable to eat. You know, it doesn't make you sick in any way. Um, but the, the flavors obviously are really desirable. Do you find families doing it for parties and for, you know, for events or, or is it more for adults because it's really an indulgence and, and a premium product? You know, I think it's really for families to enjoy at the end of the day. And that's what we found in our research is I, I think it, it may be the parents leading more in the purchasing of it, but it's something they feel good about giving to their kids. Yeah. So right. there's a, you know, that adult element, like if I look at um, uh, the packaging, you know, it's, it's very trippy and fun and, yeah. and kind of out there. Yeah. It's, it's true to cone, something that kids are going to love also. Right. So I love that same thing with the website. I thought the website was really fun with the drawings and the animation Oh, thank right. you. It is kind of trippy. It's a, a, yeah. a lovely idea. Do you, let me ask you about how you created the brand itself. This has come out of your head. Did you hire a branding company? How well, did you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It came out of my head. We had no branding companies until last year, but we have a great company, Bex Brands, that we worked with to kind of uh, really create the change, the, the vision for the change of the packaging. And then we triple partnered with Mike Perry, who did all those illustrations and that we used for the animations for the site. Um, but that was, you know, 12 years in, 11 years in. Um, so no, before that, I really, that was kind of my, I think, creativity and architecture backgrounds at work to, yes. you know, put something, put something together for this. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What do you see as the future? Where do you see uh, you guys going, and I know there might be some other companies in the work with you and Freya. You may not want to talk about those, but what do you see coming next? Um, well, for the cool house, I definitely see really leaning into the plant-based innovation. And I think we're looking at some really exciting, um, you know, what's possible, you know, ours, our base peas, brown rice, cocoa butter, it already is so much, I think higher quality and, and kind of, again, more similar to ice cream than the rest. But I look at a company like Perfect Day, they do like lab-grown dairy, um, mm -hmm. for example. 
And I think that's like a, a revolution in the making, you know? So I think we're just embarking on what's really possible that can really change the game and help, you know, save our planet since no ice cream to eat if we don't have a planet. Um, so I think that's really big for Colossus, really leaning in on the novelties. We're working on like an ice cream taquito and bonbons and yeah. you know, different, different novelties, not pints. And then um, for me personally, you know, I love doing this and I, I, uh, I, I do. I'm really excited about Future Gin. That's a fully women owned and, and queer owned and run company as well. Um, and um, uh, that, I think that has amazing potential. Um, but I also am interested long term in getting into politics myself. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Good for you. Good yeah. for you. And why? Why? Do you see a need for policy? Do you need for a certain kind of voice? What's your motivation? I think those two things, absolutely. I I think on a philosophical level for me, I love being in business um, and I love using it for positive change. I do think business is business. Like it is at the end of the day, you are accountable to to the dollar, you know, And, and, and which is great. But I think as a next chapter for me, when it's the time, I love the idea that politics, and, and you can laugh at me for saying this because people say, like, how could you ever talk about politics and purity at this point? But there's something about politics, like the bottom, bottom line is your constituents, is representing what people hope and desire and helping to make that happen. And I love the idea of using a lot of my same skill set, raising money, building teams, sharing a vision, but for that being the, the core of what it's all about. I love it. I love it, Natasha. Let me know so I can support you. Let me know where you go in politics. Come on your boat. Yeah. All right. I will I will want to follow up on that. And I can't wait to enjoy my cool house ice cream. Thank you, Natasha and Case, and I love cool house ice cream. And thank you, listeners, for spending time with us on the deciders with insights and certainly inspiring stories and learning how to make something from a vision to a reality. You can hear our podcast anytime on our website at FraserCommunications.com. Fraser Communications is a full service digital, social, and traditional media advertising firm. You can contact us at FraserCommunications.com to learn more. Remember, we'll be back next week. Have a great week ahead. And we'll look forward to having you listen to The Deciders with Renee Frazier.